Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there, grandfathers, great-grandfathers. <laughs> what a glorious day this is today, June 18th, right? Okay, well, I am going to be bringing a word that continues on in the spirit of holiness. Um, Y'all have heard me talk about this before, I've shared it different places, but the Father is really, really speaking this word right now. I feel like it's a very timely word in light of where we are in history <laughs> and the history that he's making. And um, so I'm just going to pray over this. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that your heart would be revealed, that you'll give understanding, that ears will be open, eyes will be open, our heart will just beat with yours to hear, to honor you, Lord. And we thank you that all will know that you're the Lord, and we just promise to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. The phrase, then you shall know that I am the Lord, that's what I'm talking on today. Um, the spirit of holiness honors and glorifies the name of the Lord. Makes sense, doesn't it? That Holy Spirit would honor Almighty God, and he honors himself in his worship and he honors Jesus. It is the spirit of holiness who honor, honors and glorifies the name of the Lord. So Jesus, please impart that to us today. Um, Jesus led us to the Father, and he taught us how to pray. Most are familiar with this, but if you could put that up, Matthew 6, verse 6 through 9. Jesus' words to us, Matthew 6, 6 through 9. Um, or maybe on verse 9 is where I'm starting, wherever that is. He said, our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. And then he said, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, we know that this is like an outline of a whole lot of glory and truth that Jesus imparted to his disciples on how to pray. And I'm drawing attention that the first step is to pray to the Father in heaven. And I love how Jesus calls him Father because he is his Father and he is our Father when we are born again, correct? He's the Father of all spirits. And so the glory goes to his name first, right? Holy is your name. Now we know that God, the Lord God Almighty, we know that through Scripture, he is <laughs> And there's many names that support who he is, correct? And, and we've studied, and we can study that, and there's it's just so many glorious names where he introduces himself to humanity, and in those encounters through his word, he reveals that part of who he is, right? He is. And Jesus said, our Father our Father. This is how he introduces him in this prayer. Our Father. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Because Jesus bears witness with the Father, yes, 
And so, holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. So I wanted to start there and let y'all hear that because we want to agree with Jesus. So when we come before the Father to pray, we come before him with praise and thanksgiving and we honor him for who he is. This is throne room worship, how you come before him day and night, night and day to worship God for who he is. And when you come in that way to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, will, and strength, to honor who he is and praise him for who he is, Holy Spirit will work with you. And before you know it, you are worshiping him and you're taken over with glorifying his name and how he's revealing himself to you now. It's like current. It's like forever and will always be, but it's like in your moment, he's there and he's revealing himself through the dark times, through the good times. Yes, he is faithful and he is true. In Exodus 20, verse 7, this was actually the third of the Ten Commandments. And the Spirit spoke and says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain, who makes it useless, without worth, without honor. You understand? This is in the top three, <laughs> right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, will, and strength. Yes. But we have to understand that he, his name is who he is. And so as we worship God, he wants no other gods before him. He wants all of our love and he wants us to honor his name. He wants us to know who he is. He wants us to reverence his name. So when we, we, when we quote this, often people go immediately to just curse words, right? Where you take his name in vain just through cursing. But it means when you're taking it, you're like, oh God, you know what I'm saying? When it's just flippant, arrogant, without thought, useless, vain, repetitive, without the holiness. You understand? It, it's more than just cursing, right? It is that we have to reverence and honor God's name and Jesus's name and Holy Spirit's name. Amen? This is in the spirit of holiness. So I'm going to lead you through just a little bit of commentary and study from Ezekiel. If y'all could go to Ezekiel 36. And for those who are new here or don't know, we have done several Old Testament prophet studies that are on our website. And we've done one on the book of Ezekiel in context. It's very good, very rich. I encourage you to do that. If you don't know how to find it, ask somebody. We'll get you there to go into more depth, but we're going to start in Ezekiel 36, verse 16. This whole chapter from 36 on gets real relevant right now, okay? So you can read all of it in context, but we're going to start on verse 16. Now there? Yes? Okay. Ezekiel 36, verse 16. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own ways and deeds. To me, their way was like the uncleanness of a woman in her customary impurity. Therefore, I poured out my fury on them, 
for the blood they had shed on the land and for their idols with which they had defiled it. Verse 19, so I scattered them among the nations and they were dispersed throughout the countries. I judged them according to their ways and their deeds. Noted. Right? Verse 20, and when they came to the nations, wherever they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said of them, these are the people of the Lord, and yet they have gone out of his land. Verse 21, but I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations wherever they went. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, he says to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. Verse 23. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst, and the nation shall know that I am the Lord. Says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the nations, I will gather you out of all the countries, and bring you into your own land. And then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. And I will cleanse you from all of your filthiness and from your idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments, and you will do them. Verse 28, and then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. And I will deliver you from your uncleannesses, and I will call for the grain and multiply it, and bring no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of your trees and the increase of your fields so that you never need again bear the reproach of famine among the nations. Verse 31. And then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good, and you will loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and your abominations. Not for your sake do I do this, says the Lord God. Let it be known to you. 
Be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, on the day that I cleanse you from all of your iniquities, I will also enable you to dwell in the cities, and the ruins shall be rebuilt, and the desolate land shall be tilted, tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by. So they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden, and wasted, desolate, ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations which are left all around you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places, and I have planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Verse 37, thus says the Lord God, I will also let the house inquire, the house of Israel inquire of me to do this for them. And I will increase their men like a flock, like a flock offered as holy sacrifices, like the flock at Jerusalem on its feast days. So shall the ruined cities be filled with flocks of men. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. You can hear the heart of the Father. In those passages, the scriptures, he makes it very clear that his heart for Israel, Israel belongs to the Lord, yes? But they went astray. They profaned his name. They disobeyed the Ten Commandments, okay? They went astray in their heart and jealous in his fury, in the furious love he carries, will come righteously in his holiness to bring righteous judgments according to the ways and deeds. That's what I just read. There's consequences to sin. And unfortunately, it didn't just stay in the house of Israel. It went out and infected the nations who did not yet know the Lord God as a covenant-keeping God. You understand? Without hope. Yet through this affliction, the Lord, to hallow his holy name, to honor his holy name, because he has perfect love in all his ways, he will turn it around for so much glory. And he said, this isn't about you, Israel. This is about me and my holy name. From Genesis to Revelation, it is about the Lord God Almighty. And Jesus said, pray this way, our Father who lives in heaven, holy is your name. Jesus, the Son of God, manifested, and he tells us we have access to his Father, the same Father of Israel, the same God of Israel, our Father, and the first thing he says is, holy is your name. It's all about God. And Jesus does this all through the Gospels. Everything he did was to glorify his Father. He said, I did not come, I did not come to seek my own glory, although he is glorified. He said, I came to glorify my Father. That's humility. When you are God in the flesh, the Son of the Most High, there is rank and order in the kingdom of heaven. Amen? You can hear the spirit of holiness. 
you can hear the spirit of holiness here, then you will know that I am the Lord. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So here's some, a little bit of commentary from a gentleman named Jack Kelly. Just listen, bear with me. Don't check out. <laughs> some form of the phrase, then you will know that I'm my Lord, appears in the book of Ezekiel 50 times. That's why the common, when you read your Bible, it tells you the theme of the book, and it said, the theme of this book is that then you will know that I'm the Lord. They got it, right? Yes? Easy to pass that test. <laughs> Prior to the Babylonian captivity, the Lord used it most often in the context of judgment, which we just read about. Whether it's against Israel's leaders, the nation as a whole, or its enemies, then you will know that I'm the Lord. The Lord had given the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar authority over the whole world to be his agency for judgment. This action began the period of time known as the Gentile dominion that continues to this day and will not be fully concluded until the second coming. He ordered Israel and all of its neighbors to either surrender to Nebuchadnezzar or be destroyed. The Lord had determined to punish Israel and all the surrounding nations and make his existence known to all people, even if it took destroying them to do so. In some cases, it's exactly what happened. And by the time Nebuchadnezzar was finished, Israel had gone into captivity. Tyre and Sidon, Lebanon, had been laid waste. Egypt had been scattered. Ammon, Moab, Edom, and Philistia no longer existed. Israel was punished for practicing idolatry. The surrounding nations were punished for celebrating Israel's punishment. I'll say it again. The surrounding nations were punished for celebrating Israel's punishment. (laughs) the Lord felt the need to remind all of them who was God and who was not. But beginning in Ezekiel 36, after Nebuchadnezzar had taken the Jews to Babylon and burned Jerusalem to the ground, the Lord began using the phrase in a different way. He said the restoration of Israel in the latter days would be the way he would show both Israel and the nations of our day that he is the Lord. Although the Lord's promise of restoration was partially fulfilled during the time between Israel's return from Babylon and the Lord's first coming, the language in chapters 36 and following make it clear Ezekiel was speaking of the time preceding his second coming. One example, speaking to the mountains of Israel, the Lord said, No longer will I make you hear the taunts of the nations. No longer will you suffer the scorn of the peoples or cause your nation to fall, declares the sovereign Lord. Obviously, Israel fell to the Romans after the return from Babylon. He says, This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them from all around and bring them back into their own land. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. There will be one king over them, and they will never again be two nations or divided into two kingdoms. During the time of their captivity, the Jews were held in Babylon... 
and they were the ones who resettled the land afterwards. There was no official gathering from all the nations, such as Ezekiel's prophesied, will take place after the Gog-Magog battle. Also, prior to the first coming, the promised land had been divided among various members of the Herod family in Rome. It was not a single entity with a single king. But here's, here's how you will know. Each step along the way to Israel's complete restoration is meant to be a sign to show both Israel and the nations that God is the Lord. Each of these signs is identified by some form of the phrase, and you will know that I am the Lord. In effect, he was saying, you will know that I am the Lord when I settle people in the land and they become fruitful and prosperous. You will know that I am the Lord when I show myself holy through Israel before the eyes of the nations. You will know that I am the Lord when I've rebuilt what was destroyed, replanted what was desolate. You will know that I am the Lord when I fill the rebuilt cities with people. You will know that I am in the Lord when I bring back to life a people long dead. You will know that I am the Lord when I open their graves and bring my people up from them. You will know that I am the Lord when I put my spirit in them and settle them in their own land. You will know that I am the Lord when my sanctuary stands among them forever. You will know that I am the Lord when I defeat the Gog-Magog coalition. And you will know that I am the Lord when I have finished calling my people back to Israel, not leaving any behind. Those are just a few verses from 36, 37, 38, and 39 in Ezekiel. The desire for a Jewish homeland was awakened in the hearts of Jewish people towards the end of the 19th century with the first Zionist Congress organized by Theodore Herzl in 1897. The 1917 Balfour Declaration made Great Britain support for the creation of a Jewish homeland official. Then in 1948, the United Nations declared Israel to be a sovereign nation. Hallelujah. During this 50-year interim, Jewish people from all over the world have been coming to Israel to help reclaim the promised land. Barren land was made fertile, and malaria-infested swamps were drained and cultivated. And since then, cities have been rebuilt, more desolate land reclaimed, millions of trees planted, and what had been largely wasteland has been made into some of the most productive farmland on the planet. People have come to fill the cities, and a nation long considered to be dead has been brought back to life and resettled in its historic lands after an absence of nearly 2,000 years. This was the beginning of God's plan to reveal himself to Israel and the nations in the end times. And it had first been foretold in a prophecy that was ancient even in Ezekiel's time centuries earlier. Moses told the Israelites in Deuteronomy 30 verse 4 and 5, even if you had been banished to the most distant land under the heavens. From there, the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your fathers, and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. That's Deuteronomy 30, verse 4 and 5. And then the Lord had Ezekiel tell the people, this Ezekiel 36, 22, 
It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. Can you hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying? How powerful, and that is a very short overview of history. Do you understand? Now, I'd like to go to Ezekiel 37. Verse 21 through 28. He says, then say to them, thus says the Lord God. Wow. Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations wherever they have gone, and I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land, and I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them all. They shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kingdoms again. They shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions, But I will deliver them from all of their dwelling places in which they have sinned, and I will cleanse them. Then they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Verse 24, David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwelt. And they shall dwell there, they, their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. And it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will establish them and multiply them. And I will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. And my tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 28, and the nations also will know (laughs) that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel, make Israel holy. When my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Amen? This is future. Ezekiel 38, verse 14 through 23. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel dwell safely, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. And it will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land. Who? God. He's going to hook them, right? (laughs) I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me. When I am hallowed in you. When I'm made holy in you, 
Ogog before their eyes. There is no other God before the Lord God Almighty. Do you hear it? Do you hear what the Spirit is saying? Thus says the Lord God, are you he of whom I have spoken in former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel, who prophesied for years in those days that I would bring you against them? <laughs> and it will come to pass at that same time when Gog comes against the land of my Israel. I love it. And he says, the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath, I have spoken. Surely in that day, there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, and all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all the men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. Verse 21, I will call for a sword against Gog throughout all of my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother, and I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him, on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with him, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. Verse 23, thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Thus I will magnify myself, sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 39, start on verse 21. He says, I will set my glory among the nations. All the nations shall see my judgment which I have executed and my hand which I have laid on them. So that the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. Whew. The Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me. Therefore, I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of their enemies and they all fell by the sword according to their own uncleanness and according to their transgressions. I have dealt with them the hidden and hidden my face from them. Verse 25 Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel and I will be jealous for my holy name. I will be jealous for my holy name. He is jealous. And after they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, 
when they dwelt safely in their own land and no one made them afraid. When I had brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and I am hallowed in them, in the sight of many nations, then they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land and left none of them captive any longer. Verse 29, and I will not hide my face from them anymore. For I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. Hear what the spirit of holiness is saying. You can read all of this in context. Hear the heart of the spirit of holiness and how God Almighty is honoring his name. And we shall know that he is Lord. Like, well, we know Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. No, no. And we shall know that he is Lord. The word of God will bring you into encounter of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, it is dead religion. The words of God will bring you into a living encounter with these words. And his word, the spirit is holiness is saying, church, you will know that I am the Lord. Yes. And it changes your end time eschatology to where it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about Israel. It's not about the nations. But yet, God sent his only begotten son into the world that none should perish. So it's about us to be saved and to come to the family of God. But he sets his preeminence. I am the Lord God Almighty. And religion has defiled and corrupted his holy name. Turned it into religious movements that are without power. He says, return to your first love. Know that I am the Lord. He will do these things. Every single word in the Bible shall be fulfilled. Jot and tittle every bit of it. Underline, underscore it, yes? Isn't this glorious? And, and most of it's already fulfilled and we got a little bit more to go. We're not even to the end. We're not, we haven't stepped over into the millennial reign of Christ. We haven't stepped into the eternal reign yet. We're just getting started. Do you understand? And God in his omnipotence and his glory and his presence has chosen to do it this way. But we have to hear the word of God. It's not about this or that. He is holy. He is jealous for his own namesake. And so now shifting. When you pray for Israel, when you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, when you pray for this nation, when you pray for your families and yourself, remember the whole point is so that the nations will know that he's the Lord. The ethnos, the peoples, will know that he's the Lord. That shift that way you're thinking. Throne room access automatically. Because most pray in defense, dear God, don't let this happen because of me. <laughs> Save me, heal me, protect me, watch over me. Don't let anything bad happen to me or us. Shift the way we're thinking to what the spirit of holiness is saying. It's about him and his glory. Your will be done. 
So much that Jesus Christ said, Father, not my will, but yours will be done. And he went to that cross for us to save the nations. The nothing speaks better than the blood of Jesus. Proof is in the pudding. He's done it. And because of that, we are his bride and we should have the same jealousy in us for the living God. We should have a same furious love in us that his name would be glorified in all that we do and that we would not take his name in vain. That we would not just be afraid. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of God. Hey, wrath is coming. Judgments are coming. We know that. But we got to get the right perspective. In Christ, you're not appointed to that wrath. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that should make you run a few laps around your block when you get home. Stand still and see the salvation of God. We live in a very supernatural time. Watch glory. Watch glory manifest. Light overtakes darkness. And Jesus says, you're the light of the world. Let there be light. That's what it sounds like in the heavenlies. And when we hear what's going on in heaven, and we hear the Father's voice, and we agree with the spirit of holiness, and we bring it to the earth, the earth will respond. When we agree with God, and we intercede, and we pray, when we declare God's word and what he says, don't add our stuff to it. It speaks for itself. The earth will respond. Back to my beautiful Jesus. Pray this way. Our Father, who lives in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he takes care of all those daily needs. And he ends it up with this. You know what? Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. And thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen? All right, so let's stand up. And I decree over all of us, Psalms 4610, be still and know that I'm God. <laughs> I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. So, Father, we hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God, and we agree, and we humble ourselves. We ask that you would forgive us where we have taken your name in vain, where we have not hallowed your name, where we've been irreverent, where you've used it flippantly, even your word, because you've magnified your word above your name. Father God, we would honor you in all things, that we would fear God and keep our commandments, that we would know you even as we're known, that you'd impart to, us, impart to us, impart to us the spirit of holiness, that we could walk as one with you in this hour, that we could labor with heaven, that this would be the resounding cry from heaven to earth, that everyone would know that you're the Lord, and that those who are lost would be found and know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. From family members to neighbors to the nations to the cities to the corrupt ones. God Almighty, that your spirit would move. Sanctify our hearts to hear what the sovereign Lord is saying. We pray you seal these words on our hearts today. And that we could go away with great joy. That 
the father of Jesus is our father. And we have access to the father. And the father's spirit has said live. And we live. And we breathe. And we have our movement and being in him and him alone. And the light has come. And the light has overtaken the darkness. Illuminate us, Lord, with your word. And let us shine like bright lights in a very dark hour. And let us fulfill all that's written of us in your scrolls of destiny. That you may be glorified in all the earth. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Stay with them on it for a while if you need to. And if you need prayer, we'll pray for you. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.